of us need to be down on the ground right now. There's a, it's just a hallowed spot. There's a hallowed move of God right now. And he's ushering in a necessary and a deep repentance that needs to take place. Oh, I just want to, I want to direct in the authority as an under shepherd of the most high God. I want to direct us to get in a humble posture right now. It might be prostrate for some. It might be sitting. This is not a time for the heart, the spirit, the soul within you to yawn. This is not a time for the comfort zone and the limitations of our comfort zones to stop and quench what the Holy Spirit is doing. This is a time of repentance. It's necessary and it's deep. It includes me. It includes everyone here. For we've too long limited God with our pride. We've put our own ideations, our own expectations on the future. We've put our own ideations and expectations on the present. How things should have been done in the past. And he is saying, saying, I am here in a redeeming capacity. Will you choose to repent and let me have my way? He's ushering in the holy shalom of the Most High. The peace of God. The peace of God that brings a wholeness and takes up all the broken pieces and puts them together in a beautiful way. It's the peace, the Prince of Peace. He's walking around the room. Can you feel him? Are you hungry for him? Are you thirsty? He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Too long we've been walking around unfilled and unsatisfied because our hunger isn't enough for the Lord. Why are you looking at me? Look to God. Look to God. Close your eyes. This is a hallowed moment. He loves you. He loves you. I'm just, I'm feeling the hot breath of the Holy Spirit. I'm not, not, this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of truth and power. There's a mighty wave of the Holy Spirit that is about us. It's about the earth today. And the Lord in his revelation is revealing that it's been moving. But too long his children have been stuck in cultural trenches. Too long in religious script. Too long calling holy the scriptures and the only reason they're holy is because the Holy Spirit moved and Theanustas breathed on them and, and caused them and inspired them. It's the Holy Spirit that we need to be reverent for, not the religious script that the culture, even theological culture, tells us to, to follow. It's a mighty move, saints of God. This is a mighty move. He's causing our dreams to expand, our horizons to broaden, the depths that we go in pouring out to deepen. Last week, my mother gave a commissioning. She called it a second commissioning for me. And she read from Joshua chapter, or it did around 34 in Joshua chapter 1. But in verse 2, 
of Joshua chapter 1, there's this phrase that too often in churches in our culture we overlook. He's talking to Joshua, but he says, you and these people. You and these people. Too long, the flow of the Holy Spirit has been restricted to bottleneck through the person that's up front. And he wants his whole body activated, stepping in to the identity of the pure and spotless bride that he's called us to be. Perhaps the extent of our eschatology, our end times understanding, shouldn't be trapped in novels, shouldn't be trapped in our feelings and emotions in the natural, but should be caught up in our identity as a pure and spotless bride that he's coming back for. Where bitterness and division no longer have a portion in the kingdom of God. Where we understand deep in our hearts that this oneness that we share with each other supersedes any other earthly concern. Lord, I thank you for your repentance. It's such a grace that you give us. It's by your grace that you bring to our hearts. You convince our hearts that there are things that need to be repented of. Unforgiveness, idols, habitual sin, sins of ignorance, religious spirit, religious mindset, where the idol of our schedule and our agenda has for so long tested your patience, but we call you steadfast, faithful, and patient, long-suffering in all things, O oh Father where you've spoken to our hearts to change certain things and we haven't done it. We repent. We thank you for the safety in the atmosphere right now. Holy Spirit, we revere you. We bless you. We praise you. Glory to you, Holy Spirit. This is not a glorification of man. This is not a glorification of anything but you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We praise you. We thank you for this atmosphere of safety where we can exchange the false identity, the lies that we've been living in for the truth of our identities as sons and daughters in you, not orphans, not trying to guard and keep and protect by our own selfish means, but letting go and letting you pour out of us like a drink offering on the sacrifices and services of faith and love towards you. You do not leave us orphans, Jesus, you say. We thank you that you do not leave us orphans. You come to us. We say no to that lie. We repent the way we've made financial decisions in an orphan spirit. We've made poor financial decisions. We've made poor relational de decisions. All based on the on the thought and the falsehood and the lie that we feel like we're not, we can't trust you, Abba. We declare today that we can trust you, Father. We proclaim it and declare it. You are a good, good Father in whom there is no shadow of turning or variation 
from whom every good gift comes. We thank you for the sweetness of contentment and godliness, for it is great gain, great and tremendous gain. We let go of earthly pursuit, materialism, where the spirit of mammon has entangled us, held us back, even in a poverty spirit, also a gluttony spirit, where the spirit of mammon has entrapped us too long in this culture rife with provision, where we've been duped, counterfeited, and deceived into thinking we're not provided for in our deepest depths of our heart. Your deep is calling unto our deep, and you're saying to us, he's saying to us, saints, I am your provider. Worry not. You can trust me. I declare it, Father. We can trust you. We can trust you. I want to speak to the children as prompted by the Holy Spirit. Children and young adults among us who are confused and caught up in the culture. This is from the unction of the Holy Spirit. You're met for more than video games. There's been a deception. It's a strategy by the kingdom of darkness to lure you into fake fiction. And to the thrills that God intended for you to have and experience in real life. But because of fears and deception from the kingdom of darkness and the pleasures that are in an alternative way turning to video games and screens. If you would, Jesus is here. Jesus is here to take that. He will take that lie and put it under his feet. It's only at the foot of the cross that those lies are put down. But you have to let him have it. The hours and time spent on screens, he wants to transpose. He wants to replace with hours and times. And I'm talking, I'm talking to grade school, teenagers, 20s, young adults. He wants to replace that lie, that deception, that insidious plan of the enemy with the truth. You are called in the name of Jesus to be a David that slays Goliath, to pick up the stones and sling and swing that sling around and release it and kill giants in the land. That is a godly commission on the youth. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Luke reports that. At 12 years old, he's in the temple. Jesus is in you. Oh, bless the bliss, children. Jesus is in you. Bless, bless you, John and Beth, for dedicating them. And all the dedications that have taken place, we bless the fruition, the full manifestation of the dedication in Christ. Holy Spirit, we bless your perfect, perfect voice to be heard. 
to bring to the point of choice. We declare a rebuke, a cancellation, and a confusion in the strategy of the enemy to, to rob our children where they've been caught up in screens, where they've been caught up in drugs, where they've been caught up in lust, where they've been caught up in other things that are ungodly. We break the backbone of the enemy in Jesus' name. Woo! I'm, I'm just feeling the Lord say this is for everybody, but it is for our youth and young adults. There's nowhere in scripture that I read that Jesus didn't heal people or deliver or save that didn't want to be saved, healed, and delivered. You got to want it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The madman of Gadara had a legion of demons influencing him. And the text reads, he came, he came to Jesus. You have to come to Jesus. Will you do it? Will you do it? If you're a young person in the house today, grade school, teens, 20s, that's coming to Jesus, you want to say, I want to come to Jesus right now. I feel the Holy Spirit saying, stand up. Don't stand up if it's not you. It'll make you a wreck if you just fake it. Are you ready to come to Jesus? I don't see anybody standing up. Any children here? Any youth? Any young adults? Are you ready? Bless you, Tess. Bless you. One. just break you of peer pressure in the name of Jesus. Fear of man's a snare. Be liberated to do what God wants you to do. Be free. Be free. Lincoln, I just feel the Holy Spirit is upon you, brother. My little brother. I feel the Holy Spirit is upon you. He's called you. He ordained you since you were, before you were born. He sees you. He knows you. And I just feel like he's saying to you, Lincoln, you're making some really good choices in your life, even at a young age. There's times behind the scenes where you've made really good choices. And he's saying, well done, good and faithful servant. I bless you with his promise and his encouragement, brother. In Jesus' name. You should stand. If your parents want you to. Praise God. Don just said, let's go ahead and just release what God is doing over the uh, live stream. Jake, Nate, are you guys going to stand for Jesus? Come on, buddy. Buddies. Amen. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Woo. Father, we just bless. We bless the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on our children. Lord, we thank you for revealing the generational curses that have somehow trickled through 
to our children. We go back second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth generations. And we call back the rightful inheritance that you designed for us. You designed for our children. You intended for them. And we declare the blood of Jesus as a wall of separation between the curse that once was and the blessing that now is. The generational momentum that you intended from the beginning, from the eighth generation and forward, we bless that to come into full manifestation. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit, young men and women of God. Be filled with the fire of the living God. That fire that consumes, that fire that refines, that fire that causes the pure gold of a spirit of God in you to come alive. The dross being lifted, the chaff being burned away. Be filled with the consuming spirit of the living God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. This is holy time for us, and I feel like I would be quenching the spirit to close the service at 11, but I surely have compassion. If you need to go, you can, but God is just moving in a great way. I was reminded of how many questions I've asked God that have led to where I am today and the questions that I will ask that will lead me to where I'm supposed to be in the future as well and I just uh, our sister Ellen hears from the Lord and she's just saying I feel like we should encourage the young people those that stood and those that did not stand to ask the questions ask the questions to God pastors make a mistake when they say you have to go through me for the answers. He surely gives the answers through pastors, but he gives the answers through parents. A lot of answers through parents. A lot of answers through fellowship in the body. But all the things that come from God, all the answers that come from God, whatever agency he chooses, they're from the Spirit of God. Ask the questions. There is no condemnation in Christ. There is no condemnation in Christ. Sometimes I get a little assertive in the spirit, and I'm just getting started. <laughs> Amen. If you can stay, why don't you have a seat? If you need to go, be blessed. Thank you, worship team. If kiddos want to go to kids' church, just know that you're going with my blessing to receive a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, bless you, sister. He's not done with you yet. <laughs> so good. I'm thankful that we have air conditioning. <laughs> Bless you.
<laughs> Tom Nordstrom, bless you, brother, and his crew, and Bruce, this weekend. Bless you guys. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gets working and it gets hot. <laughs> Whew. You know, we read portions of the scripture and we, and we think, oh man, I've got that figured out. And the more I read the scripture, the more I know I don't have it figured out. <laughs> oh, what, is it, what did it really feel like when Isaiah in chapter 6 of his book, was before in the heavenlies, in the throne room, and he was prostrate before him, and he couldn't lift his head up. I'm getting a taste of that this morning. <laughs> I just, I just want to say, whatever I do from here on out, not just today, but in the future, I, I, his love is just exploding into me. And I'm an earthen vessel with the treasure inside. The treasure is Jesus. But I do not apologize for anything that comes out of my heart that he's put in there that would come out of my mouth or come out and be extended through my action and decision making. I certainly apologize for anything in the flesh that I act in. <laughs> I walk humbly in that regard. He gives grace to the humble. He resists the proud. I did not get to this message last night because the Holy Spirit was doing uh, not the same thing today, but similar things. And I just feel like he wants me to deliver it. And if you have to leave early, it's okay. But... Please, if you leave early, get the audio recording or watch it on video because I just, I don't know how it's going to come out even. I just feel like he's in it. He's in it. He's blessing. He wants to expand the capacity of our hearts to love. Yeah. Oh, God, help me get through this. Sometimes you just feel weak in the knees in his presence. If you had the revelation of the glory of God and the train of his robe filling the temple, we get weak in the knees because the stupid things that are occupying our minds, <laughs> all of a sudden be at, are identified for what they are, stupid. And we just say, hallowed be your name, Father. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> this is a picture. <clears throat> At first glance, it looks like someone just took paint and <laughs> put it on a black canvas. But this is a picture of the latest space telescope, the James Webb Space Telescope. And uh, that's a picture of thousands of galaxies. Four billion light years away. Four billion light years from where we sit now. Last year it was credited as the most defined picture of deep space that's ever been acquired by NASA. 
If you look, you'll see some spots that are reddened or starting to get orange. And those would reflect something that I have no expertise in. But something called a redshift. The further away from that telescope, galaxies and star systems lie, the redder they get. Or the more red, however you say it. And what you can do with images like this is you can, you can take successive pictures. And in successive pictures, what they find is that things get redder and redder and redder. The space between galaxies separates and separates and separates. It's expanding. Someone say, God wants me to expand. God wants me to expand. When God created the world, on the second day it says this, Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the heaven. We translate it in the New King James and other translations as firmament. But that's just a Jewish way of putting on what they expected, what they saw, what they envisioned. They envisioned this firm-like dome in the atmosphere. But the root word, rakia, actually means expand and to continue expanding. God did that. He made it so the universe continues to expand. It's in his nature to expand things. Jesus, in his longest prayer ever recorded in Scripture, he says, And I will declare to them your name, and have declared it, that the love with which you put in me will be in them. He's talking to the Father who loves him. And just a couple verses before that, in verse 24, he says, you love me, Father, before the foundation of the world. The Father pouring in his love to Jesus and Jesus pouring in his love to the Father. And when Jesus ascended, after he defeated the grave, after he took the keys of Hades and stripped the devil of all of his authority, when he ascended, the Holy Spirit came. It's the Father and the Son pouring into each other, and they unleash their will and their love by the Holy Spirit on all flesh. This is who Jesus, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit are. 1 John 4, 8. Say it with me. God is love. That's his essence. And he shows us in the creation, in the dawn of time, that he designed things. His design is for us to expand and perpetually and constantly be increasing. It was a very loving symbol, a loving illustration for us to be nestled in, in our creation. This expanding universe, which is so small compared to the infinite nature of God and his love. How many know that God wants to increase his love in our hearts? Amen. 
Amen. I'm not alone. I'm just kidding. I knew I wasn't. Paul writes the Philippian church. This, this might be the most explicated, exegeted, whatever, fleshed out portion of scripture. It's, it, in, in Latin, it's called the Carmen Christi, which doesn't matter much except for what it means. It's a song of Jesus. And it was consistently, consistently quoted and shared among people back in the first century and several centuries thereafter, including what we, we, we share it all the time. It's a beautiful, beautiful, inspired piece of scripture. Mm. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. This is how we should think. Let this thinking, this way of thought be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. I think we do a dumbed down version most of the time, myself included, with trying to explain this. But I'll, I'll give you the dumbed down version because there's something greater in the package Jesus voluntarily setting aside his glorified state, stooping, and in a recent sermon, I used the illustration, coming in and reaching into the toilet, (laughs) the excrement, the cesspool of humanity, coming down into that, truly God and truly man, in a mysterious, mysterious expression of who God is. Mysterious for sure but truth. Born of a virgin. Born of the Holy Spirit. Perfect in every way. Emmanuel, God with us. Praise God. More. More. More, Lord. But made himself of no reputation... That phrase, no reputation, comes from the Greek word kinoo. You don't have to memorize that. It's what theologians call the great kenosis. That phrase, no reputation, kinoo, the great kenosis, literally means being poured out. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus who did not consider it robbery to leave his identity in his glorified state, but made himself, poured himself out and became a human, thereby setting an example for us to be poured out. Come on, say it with me. God, expand my capacity to love. Expand my capacity to be poured out. You are asking, I am asking for a great thing. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. 
He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. Matthew and Mark say, take up your cross. Luke, chapter 9, adds this little word, daily. <laughs> Just to bring it close to home. Constantly be taking up our cross. Constantly being poured out. Well, how can he do that? Let's model Jesus. All night in prayer with the Father. Many times, a couple of times recorded in Scripture. But the intimation is that he was constantly praying. You and I have trouble spending an hour with him in silence and prayer in the secret place. But in fact, what he wants to do is pour out open reward in the, op in the secret place. And when you pray, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward openly. We see that in the life of Jesus. How, how can we do that? How can we limit our prayer times with him? Oh, I've got responsibilities. <laughs> I'm just testifying to you. I'm stepping into. I have been, and I'm increasing my step into those responsibilities being taken care of more efficiently because of the time I spend with the Father. Amen. He bends time. He wants to pour out, and in the pouring out, there's great reward. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy, and that joy is expressed in various ways. Beautiful ways. Making ways where there are no ways. Making possible what seems impossible changing my warped perspective when I pray. That doesn't come from a place abiding, from abiding in him, it comes from a place of abiding in me, in self-focus, in the secret place that gets refined. And God in his goodness, and God in his chastening, he'll let it be done in public if he needs to, because he loves us so much. Oh, that we would pray the way Jesus prays. I am called to take up my cross. I referenced the commissioning last week that Pastor Show facilitated. And I was on the ground for, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't, can I just tell you that an hour and 15 minutes is not long in the presence of the Lord? of time <laughs> be in his presence <laughs> be in his presence there's so many good things that happen in his presence turn off the screens come on I'm sick of being afraid of the religious spirit and the religious mindset you can't tell people to turn off the TV I'm telling you to turn on Jesus and turn off whatever needs to be turned off in order to be turned on to Jesus. Come on, be honest. Screen time is too much of a consumption. It's not just for young kids, it's for us adults too. One of the best decisions I made, I didn't think I could do it, I really didn't. I never thought, I grew up watching TV. I did, 
I grew up watching, every night we'd watch TV. So mom and dad are awesome. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Who knows where I'm going with this? I'm back on camera. They are awesome. Can we just honor what God has done? Woo! <laughs> yeah. Just for saying yes to Jesus and the humility. A yes to Jesus. And, and when it broke, when it, when it led to breaking of the flesh, when it led to deep refinement, saying yes to Jesus. That's a godly heritage. It's a legacy of blessing on this place. Holy Spirit reminded me where I was, screens. You didn't want me to go back there, but here I am. I, I went, I, I'll just, this is how it happened. I went from transitioning from, from watching TV regularly to watching these YouTube things that didn't have commercials. And then God, all the time, was calling at my spirit. You have a pastor before you. I'm not alone in the house, but I just want to declare it in honesty. You have a pastor before you that says yes to Jesus. And some of what you were seeing, just, just a glimpse of what you were seeing today with my exuberance, is things that take place in the secret place for me. But there was just a sweetness in the atmosphere. There was a grace to release it. He said to me, I want that time I want that space where you're looking to that for solace, for comfort, for an escape, me time. I want that space. And it's one of the biggest strategies of the kingdom of darkness in our Western culture. To look forward to what we're going to watch. Oh, I need to get out. I need to get away. It's so stressful. I need to watch. And what it is, is the spirit of compassion. Because he knows. Jesus knows. He knows what it's like to be us. He voluntarily let go. He voluntarily became human. Still truly God, still truly human, but incarnate in the flesh, expressing expression of God it says that he was tempted in all ways just like us he knows what it's like the only way to get past the bondages is to do what Jesus did pour ourselves out will you let God expand your heart with love will you let God expand your heart by turning off screens Oh, don't answer. Only say it if you want. <laughs> uh, we want what is holy. We say it with our mouths, but our actions say different things. No condemnation, just the truth and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, myself included. We want what is holy. 
We want that experience that the first century church had, where with one accord the Holy Spirit was poured out. Healing, signs, and wonders. Thousands came to know him. In a day, thousands baptized, and then the next day is 5,000, and then so on, they stopped counting, they said, call them multitudes. We want that Holy Spirit outpouring, but we're not willing to let him sanctify us, purify us, refine us, and make us his holy priesthood that he's called us to be living stones built up as a spiritual sacrifice unto the Lord. It's through the pouring out, through the expansion of his love in us that that happens. God was speaking through Pastor Cheryl last week in the commissioning. I watched it probably four or five times because I wanted to make sure I got what God had in it. And I shared part of it earlier, and I want to reaffirm, this is not just a second commissioning for me. This is a commissioning for this body. When Joshua is commissioned, when he's anointed by Moses, it says, you and these people. God is doing such a work on the earth today that any house that a man, a lead pastor, takes credit, it's going to come to nothing. It's a holy work where no one, no one has the right to claim the authority of it except the Holy Spirit. The implementation of it is the Holy Spirit. He's going to use all of you. Mike, he's going to use you in a mighty and powerful way. Candy, you too. Jesus' name. He's going to use all of us to put his work forward. Are you with me? So she gives this commissioning, and she says, she reads the phrase correctly, every place that your foot treads. There's a lot of places my feet don't tread. There's a lot of places that your feet tread that my feet don't tread and vice versa. But every place that your foot feet tread, I am giving to you as an inheritance. Those of us that have been in the house for a while, we know that this is a promised land. It's a promised land, not a problem land, although we see that with our eyes, but prophetically a promised land, a land flowing with the blessing of heaven, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hmm. And so I was praying, I was in prayer this week about that, and God, God gave me, he directed my attention to the seven nations that were expelled from the land. When Joshua led the children of Israel and seven nations were expelled from the land. And he was showing me seven things, seven areas that need to be expelled from this land. And I want to share them with you. Are you with me? Are you with me? Woo! Number one, Church. He wants to redefine church. He calls us to be unified, spotless, and beautiful. The complete and perfect expression of his fullness. Righteousness, peace, and love. The instrument that ushers in the realities of the promised land on earth as it is in heaven. If we all come into the unity of the faith, 
unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I heard one amen. I'm serious, man. That, 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 is, that is revelation right there. His whole design, when Jesus gets appointed head of the church, it says he has all things under his feet. And the body of Christ, the church, Ephesians 1.23, is the fullness of him expressed. The fullness of what God wants to do, the reality of kingdom of heaven here on earth, is expressed and designed to be so through the church. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! I'm not condemning. I'm just, I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a wavelength and I'm going with it. I, I don't sense that everybody's on the wavelength, but God let it soak in Jesus' name. The second thing that he wants to do is marriage. <clears throat> Woo! The destructive and dismantling assignments by the enemy on marriages are vanquished in Jesus' name. This, this is the reality of the promised land. Divorce replaced with the flowing milk and honey of the kingdom. The overflowing fulfillment of devotion toward one another and stepping into the commission of God together husband and wife, the driving out of sexual immorality and identity crises. He's replacing the definition of marriage. He's lifting it up. He's expanding our capacities to love one another. And in that expansion, he's pushing out too long the strategies that the enemy has leveraged against our culture, against mankind where we step into the identity that he has for us. Can I go on? Children. These are the seven areas that God has given me. I received that commissioning last Sunday. These are the seven, these are the seven areas, the seven bondage areas that the Lord is going to work in and change this land in. I think there's some, some room for flexibility. I'm not the only one that hears from the Lord, but I'm just telling you, I am hearing from the Lord on these. Children, restoring the kingdom bloodlines and generational curses that, ge- that generational curses have too long blocked and stolen. Children no longer stagnated by cultural influence. Rather, they become the cultural influence. As they pick up their own crosses, as they let the love of God pour out through them, just like Jesus did on the cross. Beautiful. Beautiful. Preaching, leading, going, advancing, and slaying Goliaths and their young years. The eradication of witchcraft. Spiritism, sorcery, 
false religion and the related problem with substance abuse. The abominations of the problem land expelled in the revealing of the promised land. Amen? Economy. Number five. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we give glory to you. We praise you, Holy Spirit. We praise you, Father. A trade of orphanism, whether it's mindset or spirit, or both, with giving. Where we take, 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 because we don't trust our Father. I was touching on it earlier. Where we have to protect, protect, protect our possessions, our material things that moth and rust destroy anyway. And we lose sight of the treasure in heaven. From habitual indebtedness into profound abundance. Where too long his children have been encumbered with debt. Speaking as the Holy Spirit leads. He's not calling us to be slaves to anything, let alone the spirit of mammon. Afraid to invest where he tells us to invest? Poverty spirit, poverty mindset? Or afraid to save and be conservative with our finances, if I can use the word, where he calls us to be. We're not owned by the finances. We're not owned by an orphanistic uh, perspective or paradigm, the way we see things. We're owned by him, and he sets us free and free indeed. He does not want his children in debt. If you're in debt, there's no... There's no condemnation. I'm, I'm paying off my house. It should be paid off in about three years, and that's the debt I have, and it's going to be done. No condemnation. But he wants us to be a promised land flowing and the economy abounding. Oh, God. From inexhaustible greed to inexhaustible generosity, from selfishness to selflessness, from poverty to the great gain of godly contentment, we no longer declare we can't afford that or we can't afford this, but now declare I am profoundly blessed by the Lord God Almighty and I have all things that he has destined me to have. There's a reason the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. Oh, that we would be content with what God has given us and not try to explore and reach out into things that God has never intended for us. We would thrive in the blessing that he has for us here and now. We would step into that fully by him expanding our love, by him expanding our hearts. Make them big, God. Make them big. Blow off the limits of our minds exceedingly abundantly. Above all that we could ask or think, in Jesus' name. Number six, governmental systems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, it's in there. Hallelujah. Our education, 
system, our healthcare system, municipality systems, and county systems. This region, even this state, is being transformed from a struggling, tormented, and broken place into a mighty and undeniable example of heavenly blessing. This is the reality of the promised land. And it starts with expanding our hearts. It doesn't start with man-made strategy and programs. It starts with the love of God pouring into our hearts and we saying yes to Jesus in each and every way that he wants us to. Don't be afraid, saints of God. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people shall be divided the inheritance that I have destined for them. It's the word of the Lord. That's the commissioning we received last Sunday. Don't be afraid, saints of God. Has he not commanded us? Do not be afraid. Be strong and of good courage. Oh, you guys think I know where we're going. Only God knows. (laughs) I'm just obedient to declare his message. And I'm humble enough to know, to say that there's parts of this message I haven't stepped into yet, what he's calling me to, where I say yes to Jesus when he tells me to be his messenger, and I say yes to Jesus when he calls me to step into what he has. Whatever it costs, whatever it takes, whatever it looks like, that's what takes the promised land. Expand my capacity to love without concern for me with pure, holy, sanctified, reckless abandonment. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Number seven. Oh, let me read this. I guess got to read this. Mm, Jesus' name. Instead of running from New York, people will run to New York. I saw this in a prophetic vision. People will run to New York because of what the Holy Spirit has done. The kingdom of heaven has touched this region. This is a place of destiny. This is a place that people will want to come. And I'm not condemning anybody that leaves. Go do what God wants you to do. But you who stay, get ready. There is blessing coming. Number seven, the land of past and temporary revivals is becoming a land of unceasing, perpetual, and elevating awakening. I need to read it again. I felt this too, Donna. I knew, I was like, I got to read that again. Because it's so true. The land of past and temporary revivals. Charles Finney. Other revivals in New York. Other revivals throughout the nation. Great Awakenings 1 and 2. Cane Ridge, all, all. <laughs> the land of past and temporary revivals is becoming an unceasing, perpetual, and elevating land of wake of awakening. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This, you, that was down here, right on my face for an hour and fifteen minutes last week. You, are you, what, what's going on with Josh? What, what's happening? Why are you seeing it right now? (laughs) 
It just takes a little time sometimes to come forward. Unlike any before, any rivals before, including the first century church, he is expanding our capacities to dream exceedingly and abundantly when we walk in unfettered creativity, flourishing productivity, and the authoritative understanding that our God is unstoppable. (laughs) Stand to your feet and say he's unstoppable. Unstoppable. Unstoppable God. In Jesus' name. Following in Jesus' example, he says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of myself. I voluntarily pour myself, my life's blood out so that others can be blessed. Why? Because I love you. (laughs) We thank you for your love, Father. Before Jesus went onto the cross, Pilate declares to him in the 19th chapter of John, he says, Behold the man. Behold the man. The uh, Latin Vulgate says, Ecce. Homo. Behold the human being. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you're up against. He knows exactly the confusions, the fears, the limitations. And he's saying, I became a man, a human, so that you could be empowered to overcome just like I did. Father, we just declare right now, have your way in our hearts. Expand and expand some more. Expand further. Extremely expand our hearts to receive your love and to pour out your love. The activation. The way that you want us to be poured out. We thank you that by faith we acquire that. The Holy Spirit is 
bringing to mind and bringing to hearts ideas right now of how he wants to expand. Things like reaching out to a neighbor and having a conversation that hasn't happened yet. Ministry ideas. A new perspective with coworkers. A new perspective with bosses. A new perspective with wives and with husbands, with parents and with children. Just want to bless what the Holy Spirit is birthing. There is a very, very good possibility. I'm 99.99999% sure that the ideas that are coming, that are too big, are exactly from Him. Because He's designed it so that we would be at His feet in prayer in constant, unceasing prayer, seeking him, abiding in him, receiving the life flow of the true vine, receiving the love of Jesus in our hearts. It cannot be done. Those ideas are from him. He wants he wants the expression of the promised land and all the souls that are involved in the promised land coming to fruition. He desperately, he yearns jealously for us, he yearns jealously for others. And he's designed it so that he would use us. We need to go way beyond our capacity and our ability. There is a, there is a conviction of the Holy Spirit on the house to put down the idol of relying on our own skill sets, our own imaginations, the bottleneck and the narrow-mindedness that our logic is, releasing it and letting him go directly into the heart and with faith as a child stepping out into what he has for us. Expand our hearts, we ask, Father. Fill us with your love. We know that's who you are, your love. Fill us, fill us with your love. I bless you, saints of God, to look different. Don't be afraid of, oh, I'm expected to be this way, I'm expected to be this way. No, you be who Jesus made you to be. It's pure love. It's pure love. Is he done yet? <laughs> he's not done yet. I may be done, but he's not done yet. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Something Pastor George did when he was here a few weeks ago is he encouraged us to lay our hands on ourselves. Um, I want to encourage you to do that the authority and the power that God has vested in you. Use it on yourself. Amen. And where necessary, two or three gathered together. He's there in our midst. Let's do that too. Amen.